Welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with Ben and Burke. On this episode, we chit-chat a little bit about a virus scare that Ben recently had, some of the chaos going on in my life as I'm preparing for the birth of my second child in Japan, and then we give our opinion on a lot of the recommended activities for people who are visiting Japan or even for people that are already living here. That includes visiting temples, shrines, castles, doing purikira, which Ben definitely does not like, uh, riding bullet trains, eating conveyor belt sushi or kaiten sushi, and much, much more. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a second to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which we would appreciate very, very much. All right, on to the show. Ich, ni, san. still a week ago right does it take that long to for colds or viruses to take take hold of people that long it does well it does for corona that's why i was a little <laughs> worried um, you didn't have corona though right well i, well, I never I got know. tested but i'm yeah. pretty sure i didn't no no because like nobody was getting sick around me really yeah it was yeah. just like a lingering i mean but so what you had yeah like a stomach virus well, I don't know. Uh, that's what one of the, the doctors thought that we called up. Um, but I had pretty much the symptoms of a regular cold, the flu, or coronavirus. And all those symptoms are basically the same. So we called up. There's a, an emergency hotline that you can call. Um, and then they ask you like a bunch of questions. And then they, they tell you the likelihood of whether you have it or not and whether you should go to the hospital. So, yeah, I went through that screening and they said the likelihood is uh, is very low that you have coronavirus so then i felt still i felt pretty shit like i felt really weak and uh fatigued just could didn't want to do anything you know just so tired like every time i tried to do something i was just exhausted no motivation that was the worst part like the fever was gone um uh had a little bit of a little bit of the shits i guess um and it bit of stomach trouble but it was like the the tiredness that was the worst thing so i wanted to like go see a doctor and then uh we so we called up uh some local hospitals near us that i could potentially visit and then they did another kind of check thing and you know um asked me a bunch of questions um but they're they're so cautious about uh accepting patients so even if you have a cold uh, they don't want to risk you coming in so they right. they they wouldn't let me come in and they and then the, the doctor spoke to uh spoke to my wife and basically he just said what it could be and went through all these things and what he can do to make it better um, but he basically said yeah i've probably got a stomach bug and there's there's not much you can do about it like there's no medicine that's going to cure it. you just have to wait it out and and just let it pass um, but he you was said, really he was really helpful though. You said that they kind of told you that the likelihood was low. Do you know what they were basing that on? Um, there were base well the uh, the questions that with the, the way I answered the questions. So they asked um, they especially kind of focused on questions about whether I had contact with people outside of Hokkaido. Really? Like, yeah, like people from uh, from Tokyo or something. Um, 
How? Like, <laughs> you got to blame. You got to blame somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Definitely didn't get it from anyone in Hokkaido, <laughs> right? So, so yeah, there was. Oh, you know, what's when was the last time you you know met someone that visited uh, Tokyo, which was probably about three weeks ago. I think was the last time. And they said if it's within two, if it's if it's within two weeks, it's kind of dangerous. But if it's past two weeks, then it's okay. Um, and then how close were you were you with them? Um, did you come into contact with someone that had cold-like symptoms? Um, and that was a no for me. So not not that I noticed from uh, from any of my students or anything. So yeah, just judging by those uh, responses, they came up with uh, likelihood is no. Hmm. Mm. So it's just kind of like. If you were, were you around anyone with coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they <laughs> asked that. Basically. I likely, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because like Sapporo, our numbers are like almost even with, or not Sapporo, but well, Sapporo, Hokkaido, almost even with Tokyo right now. I think like yesterday uh, was Monday. It was like Sapporo was eighty three, Tokyo was eighty seven or something. Mm, yeah. So people were even joking, like, "Man, Sapporo might pass." Uh, Tokyo pretty or Hokkaido might pass Tokyo pretty soon. Yeah, we're in so. level two now. Is that right? I don't know. There's of, levels. Yeah, the, yeah. There's levels now. I think there's like five levels, and we were at level one um, a week ago, and now we're getting close to level three apparently. And when it gets to level three, I think that's when they're going to start uh, advising people not to not to go out and uh, stay away from. You know, bars and restaurants, uh, social gatherings, but they haven't got to that part yet. Well, you, uh, is it like, you know, obviously a, a place where they're kind of breaking out a lot is in bars and restaurants, uh, especially Siskino, yeah. mostly like hostess bars and stuff. Right. Um, right yeah. And there's like clusters at uh, uh, um, hospitals and other places, but like, is it crowded when you're working on Tuesday or not really? No, or? no, not at all. So yeah, I, so I feel kind of safe uh, working on a Tuesday night because it's just you know so quiet. But um, obviously the staff that I work with, they're they're there on the weekends, which is when it's really busy. Um, but yeah, I've heard of a few people kind of around around me that kind of had the same symptoms as I did, and you know they they were told that it wasn't coronavirus too. Um, well, it's strange because definitely doesn't sound like run of the mill cold symptoms no no this is this is like one of the worst colds i feel that i've ever had um it it's probably lasted the longest that i've had only it lasted like three days but three days of you know almost bedridden where i couldn't do anything normally i'm probably in bed for like a one day the next day i'm i'm, I'm pretty much good but uh yeah this time was uh, a few days a lot longer yeah man we're kind of like being pretty cautious right now because obviously like my wife goes in the hospital from tomorrow um, tomorrow wow yeah for giving birth man yeah it's been pretty crazy like uh, i don't know if i'm in denial or what the situation is i mean i think it's more so like you know we're just kind of like we'll deal with it as it comes you know yeah because uh, a second child i think people kind of get that way for the second child and stuff how's she doing Be She's pretty good. I mean, she's like her abdomen tightens up a lot. I can't remember what they're called, those contractions that aren't real mm. contractions, but start to happen around uh, the due date for labor um, or for birth. 
But yeah, so we've been like pretty, and the thing is, is like, so she goes in the hospital tomorrow, then they start to induce on Thursday. Yeah. And, uh, and like, um, and then she's going to be in the hospital for like a week, well, five days. And like, they're going to call me right when the baby's about to be born. So they have a protocol set up because it's like during coronavirus, it's like uh, giving birth. So like, you know, they can't have visitors. I'm, I can only go at the, like, they're going to call me like around one or two hours before they think like the actual birth is going to happen. Um, I mean, it's kind of scheduled birth this time because she's having an epidural and, uh, I mean, those are kind of uncommon in Japan, you know, so they, uh, they have to kind of like ration out the time and when they can administer those. And so they like set up a specific schedule and procedure, uh, to give birth for people that are having epidural. Uh, she didn't do it last time. So anyways, so we know exactly like the well, general schedule of when they're trying uh, to have the baby born. So and, when uh, be- when is that? Is that pretty soon after she goes in? Well, she goes in tomorrow afternoon and then uh, Thursday morning they're going to induce, uh, they're going to start all the, uh, the process and everything. So they're saying like any time from Thursday to Friday. <laughs> so you're just <laughs> kind of like a big window. On call and ready to ready to go up there as soon as they Eat. they drop drop the drop the line for you. Exactly, but the thing is, is then, like, I can only be there for the birth and then, like, a short recovery time, like, two hours, and then I've got to leave. And then, like, we don't see her for, like, five days, and so I'm going to be home, like, alone with my daughter for five days. <laughs> so it's spent uh, that much time alone with your daughter before? No, neither one of us have, like, my mother or my wife or me. Oh, and wow. So, yeah, a little worried, like, I mean, but plus, like, it's going to be kind of traumatic because, like, she's only two and a half and she can't, like, see her mother for, like, yeah. five days, you know? Yeah. I mean, we can only do, like, FaceTime and stuff. So, uh, yeah, like, I'm kind of, like, again, uh, not really wanting to think about that as much as possible. Fun and games, like, kind of mate. Fun and games. <laughs> yeah, you I know, mean, her you mom, know, like, she's just going to be, like, crying for her mom and, like, there's all, there's, like, nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah, especially, like, when she wants to go to bed and she can't, like, say goodnight yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. lay down with uh, my wife and stuff. I mean, her mom, my wife's, uh, my mother, her mother-in-law, my wife's uh, mother is going to be helping out a lot with, like, picking her up from nursery school and then, like, certain meals uh, during that five days, but most of it's going to be on me. And you just think about, like, how, how like, man, respect you have for, like, single mothers who are, like, doing it all by themselves, sometimes working, like, two jobs or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Plus, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, my wife's kind of giving birth, so I don't really have much to, like, complain <laughs> about, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, just five days of <clears throat> spending time with uh, <laughs> with your daughter. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be fun, but, yeah, definitely going to be a bit of a challenge. But, I mean, that's kind of, like, the reality going through, like, having a baby during these times, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I guess it's probably better that you kind of what stay away from uh, from sick people then, like like me, and uh, and avoid going into town. <laughs> yeah, for a little while, and mm-hmm. it was yeah, I guess especially like uh, building up uh, to her actually going to the hospital. We needed wanted to be a little bit careful, but um, but anyway, so like yeah, today was our last day to uh, before like all this gets started and mm. everything. Yeah, what are you guys and, gonna do? You're gonna like have a nice kind of meal. <clears throat> Last well, final supper or something before you <laughs> the last supper off. before <laughs> the last supper before the crucifixion. <laughs> um, 
Well, it's going to be like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you're so busy. Like, that's kind of the thing. Like, we don't, why you don't pay too much attention to when, like, the second baby is being born is because you're still so busy with, like, the first child. Mm. Um, the, like, planning, there wasn't much time to plan anything. I mean, so all we did today is we, like, went to, uh, we were like, what should we do today? Because it's a national holiday. And we're like, you know, have you ever been to that Shiroi Koibito park before? Yeah, yeah. Chocolate factory. It's pretty popular, right? That place. It is, yeah, for a Sapporo like sightseeing spot. Yeah. So, and we'd like never been inside. We kind of like stopped by there before, but neither my wife or, nor I had ever been inside before. So, like, hey, let's go do that. And uh, so we went and did that. Uh, but you said you've been there before. Like, what's your, <laughs> do you remember what your opinion or evaluation of it was? I, I was quite impressed with the, there's like a kind of a museum section there. And, and they had, um, a really good part about the Nintendo video game. Did you see that? So it had no, the very I first, I guess it was the Famicom, and it started from there. And so they had the, yeah, the, the console, um, it, like all the, the Donkey Kong and the Mario games, all the way up to, I don't even know what it is now. What is the, the latest one? Oh, I don't even know. Switch. Man, when I uh, went in there, it was probably about, five or six years ago so i'm pretty sure that the latest console wasn't there but um, but i think like every year they basically put the new the new machine in so uh the like the museum or the library just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger so that was, was pretty cool I, I don't remember seeing that man there was i mean i remember like after we kind of walked through everything they were like oh here's this little museum area it was kind of like this uh big, yeah yeah large I think that was but yeah. I thought it was just like a chocolate museum, so we didn't we didn't go in it. We were like, no, that's okay. Oh, but oh, that must have that's been the best like, part. Yeah, that was the best part because <laughs> see, that's the thing. I'm like kind of surprised that you're like, yeah, you're pretty impressed because uh, I, man, I can't give like a ringing endorsement. To well, the I was I wasn't impressed with anything else, like because the rest is just chocolate, right? I mean, how impressive well, is chocolate really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you remember which course you guys paid for? Because there's like a 600 yen course, which is like walk through the factory, and then there's like a 1500 or 1200 yen course or something where you can go in like a laser mapping room. Ooh, and like, definitely get, didn't do that. Yeah, oh, really? definitely didn't do laser mapping. Yeah, what did, did you do that? <laughs> no, because we were like oh, 1600, like, and a drink, some kind of drink is included too. Um, I think I definitely went for the the probably the cheapest option. Well, that's there, what there, we did. There wasn't a there wasn't a free option. <laughs> No, so I well, probably would have gone with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if it's free, you can like just enter like the uh, gift shop area and like the first floor area where they've got like a large chair, like a royal chair that you can sit in and stuff. Right. Um, uh, I must have went for the maybe the one up from that. Then the well, do the, you remember walking through the factory and seeing like the chocolate yeah. sweets production? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was actually pretty interesting. But worth six hundred yen? I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they give like. Uh, they give like a little chocolate to each person for the 600 yen fee when was Shiroi Koibito. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so they gave us three because, you know, it was my wife, me, and my daughter. And, uh, but then like she threw in like an extra one too. So she gave us four. And I was like thinking, oh man, that's really nice where you give like four. And now I'm thinking like she probably like felt like it's a bit of a ripoff. So she's like, <laughs> thinking, like chocolate. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. She probably didn't think of that. It wasn't too bad, man. It's interesting. And just like you said, I'm a big fan of Shiroi Koibito. I, I would have to say it's probably one of the best tasting sweets. And it's a good thing yeah. to be representing Hokkaido and stuff. Um, well, that's, a, that's a kind of a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today. You know, exactly. Thing, yeah. Things to do in Japan or 
well, I guess that one is things to do if you visit Sapporo. Specifically you, for Sapporo. Would you recommend that? I mean, visiting Sapporo? I think it's a good date spot. It's a lot of sweets going on. And there's some things you can do that we didn't do. Like there's a, uh, you can make your own sweets. Uh, there's like a workshop there. And that looked like pretty interesting if you're actually going for the whole like chocolate experience and everything. Um, and it is, it is really famous actually around Japan that um, Shiroikoi Pitto Park, right? Because I remember one of my friends came up from Tokyo and he really wanted to go. And he, yeah, he loved it. He said it was really good. And that was the time that I went was with him. And he just like took loads of photos, um, thought it was great. Um, he found it way more impressive than, than I did. Maybe he just likes chocolate more than I do. Well, it might be like, that's the thing. It might be like a good experience for like tourists who don't really live in the city, you know? Mm, yeah, um, yeah. It is a bit of a novelty. I, you know, I, when I went there before, I didn't really pay too much attention, but I guess right next door is also the Consadole like uh, arena. Or like game, site. yeah. That's that's their training ground, I think. That's yeah. the training ground. Okay. Yeah, because I've because uh, they normally play at um, at the dome. At the dome, yeah, Sapporo Dome. So I've I've I used to just um, go by and just hang out and watch watch the guys train um, at that place. What what's it called? Uh, it's just Constole Training Ground or something, right next uh, to the park, something. right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a nice spot. It's like right at the foot of, well, not right at the foot of the mountains, but it kind of has the mountains around it and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's really nice. And, and anyone can just like walk in and just sit around outside, watch them kick, kick a ball around. And there's a restaurant there. You can have some coffee. So I think like in, in like in the mornings during the training sessions, like some of the hardcore fans just go and hang out and just like get autographs and stuff. Yeah, and there's like a kids park area out in front of the uh, the grounds area, and then of course right next door is the Shiroi Koibito Museum. Mm. So it is kind of an overall nice little spot to go check out as a tour. I mean, or anybody living in Sapporo and stuff. But yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so just like you said, kind of recommendations of what you should do while visiting Japan. And this just kind of came up in my news feed uh, on Facebook, so I was kind of looking at it. And, you know, I'm pretty uh, proud to say that I think I've actually done, it was like 20 things on this list. I think I've done almost all of them except for a couple or a few. Have you? Yeah, I looked through that list too. And I would say I've done probably about 75% of them. Um, And there's ones that I definitely want to do that are on that list I haven't done before. Um, But there are definitely some that I don't want to do at all. This is uh, talk about. Yeah, one of these is Pachinko. Does that which list does that fall in? Ones that you've done or that you want to do or that you definitely don't want to do? That's one that I thought about doing. Um, I just walked into a Pachinko parlor and then just walked straight back out because it was just so loud and annoying. So that's that's yeah, one thing I don't want to try out again. Um, I, I I didn't actually play Pachinko, but I tried to go in and see what it was all about. But it's just so just so loud and you know you don't want to you don't want to hang out there at all i mean so I, don't, you, I don't think it's a must unless you, you want to gamble yeah well that is that what you said that you were kind of thinking that you wanted to try gambling and that's why you went to yeah check it out. yeah yeah because yeah, you know like in in england uh, there's a lot of places where we play fruit machines or slot machines um and that that's pretty big back at home so i thought maybe pachinko might be similar to that but uh it's just way louder and you know just and the lights too too much lights and you can't you can't relax in there so yeah i uh i don't want to do that again hmm. well what about on this list of the 20 things like 
Were there any on here that you felt strongly that you would definitely recommend to somebody who were coming to Japan for the first time? Yeah, there's a there's one、um, eat at a conveyor belt sushi bar, so I highly recommend that. Like even now, I love going to conveyor conveyor belt sushi, and when I first arrived in Sapporo,、um, when we worked for the same company, Berkeley, the English language school. And they would have like a sushi nights every Friday, and they would go to、uh, Hanamaru, so Hanamaru conveyor belt sushi, and that was in、um, was that Daimaru at Sapporo Station,、uh, just outside Daimaru. I think it's still in Stellar Place. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that place was awesome, man. Like it's just such a good atmosphere. I mean, it was admittedly it was a long wait to to get a table, but we used to. Turn up around ten o'clock at night because everyone would finish around nine thirty. Get a table at ten and then stay there till closing. But it was just so fun, you know. And you just, you know, there's so many bright colors around. There's all the all the chefs shouting out Japanese words for different kinds of fish, and and it's always busy and and、uh, and crowded. So it was it was always a good vibe there. And that was my first kind of experience when I arrived in Japan. Um, in Sapporo because my first night was basically a Friday night when I was、uh, when I was working、um, and then so finished work and then met all the other teachers from all the other branches we used to get together and、uh, and have yeah sushi night and I used to look forward that forward to that every Friday、uh, yeah and Hanamaru is lots of fond, fond memories of that place yeah and it's、uh, that's actually I mean for especially com- for conveyor belt sushi or just sushi in generally、uh, it's got a reputation for being high quality. Uh, Hanamaru. I mean, it's changed a lot over the years. Like now, well, right, not exactly right now because there's no tourists. But normally, when there's a lot of tourists, so busy that you can leave your phone number and they'll actually call you、um, when your time to be、uh, sat is coming up, like uh, uh, or when they can seat you, like because、uh, sometimes it could take like an hour, two hours, hour and forty five minutes, two hours when it's like heavy tourism season. But right now, obviously, number of tourists is a little bit down, so. Uh, you know, we've been going up to Sapporo Station a few times recently, and kind of noticed that the line, all the seats, are not completely full of people. Have、like、you been to Hanamaru recently? I haven't been there for years now.、Uh, yeah, actually, well, I think the most recent time was probably、uh, within <laughs> the past year, so not too recently. I think it might have been last December, actually, when a friend came to visit.、Um, so, you, so you took him to that Hanamaru place as well. Yeah, yeah, because he wanted to eat conveyor belt sushi,、uh, and that was like right there. I think as soon as he got to Sapporo Station, we just went upstairs and uh, yeah, and、um, and ate there, and it was still really good. But man, it, you know, the vibe has changed quite a bit. Like,、uh, I think even a lot of local people like stopped going there for a while、mm. because it just used to get so busy with、uh, with tourists and stuff. There's actually another、um, branch of it down in the basement too that we go to、uh, more often now when we want to eat sushi at Sapporo Station. Um, it's another Hanamaru in the basement. Oh, it's not so busy that, that one, right? Not so. Yeah. Not such a such a long wait to get a.、Seat. Yeah, but it's not a conveyor belt either. You just kind of sit normally at the bar、mm. and stuff. So different vibe. Yeah. 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 Well, that's definitely one to、uh, to eat conveyor belt sushi. Yeah, I, w- I recommend that one for sure. Yeah, I would recommend、uh, definitely, and I want to do this like more thoroughly than I actually have. But、uh, visit a castle, Ben. Have you ever been to any castles in Japan? Like,、um, I've been to Nagoya Castle. Oh, really? That that was impressive. Yeah, that was a 
uh, when was that? That was like five or six years ago. No, maybe even longer, seven or eight years ago. Um, and they were kind of reconstructing it as well at the same time. So we could go inside and and as we were inside, they were still working on it. You could see the con- the constructors um, making everything look all fancy and uh, sprucing up and everything. But it was, I think Nagio Casting might even be... Oh, uh, I don't know one one of the biggest in Japan. I don't know if it, it is the biggest, but it's definitely one of the biggest in Japan. Well, in I'm terms sure of castles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the only one I've been to, though. I haven't been to any more apart from that one. Yeah, the only one I've been to is Kumamoto Castle uh, for a business trip uh, many years ago. We, we were down in Kumamoto, and we actually stayed in a hotel next to the castle. But uh, I didn't get an up close look at it just because again I was on during a business trip, so I only have time to like walk around the outside and stuff. Uh, so I'd like to actually see it much more, you know, close up and person get a close up and personal view of it. But that was before. So there was a big earthquake in I think 2016 or something in uh, in Kyushu, and uh, Kumamoto Castle like took on a very large amount of damage, and mm-hmm. so they've kind of been going through like restoring the temple. Uh, since then, I don't think it's complete even yet. Oh and, right. Uh, so yeah. you went kind of like after that that time. So it was like under construction. No, no, no. You it were... was before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we were there. Like uh, I must have seen it like 2010 or something. Uh, it was a really great time. It was actually we st- where we're going into different parts of Kyushu and like uh, you know, there's that uh, volcano down there, Sakurajima, yep. that goes off pretty regularly. And uh, I might have talked about it before, but we were there like after it had gone off, and uh, I think we were in Kagoshima, and like the f- ground and the neighborhood and the streets, everything there was like a thin layer of ash, a couple centimeters or something, all throughout the city. Uh, yeah, just kind of like snow, but they just treat it like you know it's ash, but they kind of just treat it like snow, like carry on daily life, or whatever. Um, yes, but I've never actually. I mean, when you went, did you like take a tour or anything, or did no, you? No, no, we just. Uh... No, I've, well, one of uh, my friends lived in Nagoya at the time, and his Japanese friend was from there, so I guess they were kind of guiding us around Nagoya, and she took us to the castle, but she wasn't like a guide or anything. Um, she was just showing, her, showing us around the place, uh, yeah, like telling us a little bit of history about it. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was quite good. Yeah, what about? But, um, I mean, no, yeah, no guide, no official guide anyway. Yeah, this one's specifically about uh, castles, but there's also one that mentions like temples and stuff. Um, Hokkaido Jinku, Hokkaido Jinku, right? Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Do you think like, that's a good uh, temple experience for people who come to Hokkaido, or not really? Um, I think if you've been to Kyoto, then you might be a little bit disappointed because you know once you've been to Kyoto, that's where all the best temples and shrines are. Um, but Hokkaido Shrine is is pretty impressive for uh, a shrine in Hokkaido. Um, I, I like it. I mean, it's it's quiet, especially like in the in the autumn time, because uh, the the park around it is really nice, like the the autumn leaves. Um, but the actual shrine itself, yeah, it's not really much to do apart from you know throw some money, pray to the pray to the gods and get one of those omikujis that tells your fortune pay 100 yen or 200 yen if you want to get a better fortune um, yeah yeah I mean, so that's that's quite fun doing at the was it beginning of the year usually that people go to do that 
Yeah, Hokkaido Jingo is also really good for like uh, cherry blossom season. If we can ever get back to that again, uh, mm. yeah, <clears throat> that's a popular、yeah. spot for people to go to. But the thing I like about Hokkaido Jingo is I've actually gone there to do like real,、uh, like uh, like uh, real process. Like when I went to visit like Kyoto, I went to Kinkakuji and every all the famous Kyotos down there, Kiyomi, Mizutera, and everything. Like,、um, I mean, they're definitely. Much more impressive, and it's definitely like a great spot to go as a tourist. But like for Hokkaido, just like you were saying, not for New Year's and stuff, but even like after our daughter was born,、uh, we went there for a special ceremony.、Um, and then,、uh, I mean, we just kind of go there every now and then just to、uh, visit and pay respects and stuff. So it's kind of interesting because actually using, I mean, that was actually a temple of utility for me and stuff,、uh, whereas the other ones were just like. As a tourist, like reading about why it's special and everything, and walk around taking pictures and whatnot.、Mm. So that's why I kind of like Hokkaido Jingu and stuff. But it's a good one. I reckon that everyone should definitely try when they come to Japan, and they will probably enjoy it a lot more than if they did it in their home countries. Is a、uh, sing karaoke because the Japanese do that very well, not just sing. Uh, the Japanese also are very good singers, but the way、uh, karaoke is done in Japan is a lot different than how it is in in Western countries like in England and America. I mean, have you done karaoke in America before, Burke? I think so, but it was just kind of probably like a dare or something. It was maybe even like some kind of Western bar or something, and、right. uh, there was a karaoke machine, and somebody was like, "Oh, somebody should sing karaoke." So <laughs> yeah, yeah, like oh, that too, actually, bunch of strangers, right? Yeah, but actually, in、uh, my hometown,、uh, because there was a university and there was a lot of like Korean students, they'd have like the Korean version of karaoke, which was actually pretty fun.、I've、been went there a couple times, like Korean friends,、um, and then、uh, you know it's kind of like、uh, same Asian experience.、Uh, but yeah, not like regular karaoke. I mean, it's definitely、uh, much more different here in Japan. What's、um, the What's the Korean version? I think it's called、karaoke. like Nordbomb or something. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like、uh, going in a booth. A、uh, nice karaoke machine. It's much more private. Like that's the thing. Most karaoke places, like in the U.S., is just kind of、like、out in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah.、People、like you have to、stuff. be, you have to be good, basically, right, to sing in front of people and in our home countries. And it's normally like a karaoke competition or something as well. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, like in Japan,、um, yeah, you're singing with like a bunch of friends.、Um, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad.、Um, everyone can have a good time. Have some have some drinks, and sometimes you know there was a time where people would like even jump between rooms. Like you just walk into random rooms and just start talking to other people and start singing with other other Japanese people. And、yeah. sometimes it happened to us as well. Like I remember just random Japanese people come into our room and then just start hanging out and start singing together, and that was quite fun. <laughs> yeah,、um, there's not the, sure if、uh, that happens anymore though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah,、uh, especially right now, they're a bit of a dangerous place、oh, yeah. to go into and everything. But yeah, definitely, I remember people coming, and they've got like different rooms. They've got different grades of rooms, like rooms with like actual stages and microphones and stuff. Yeah, yeah,、cool. right. That was pretty cool, actually. I, I experienced a couple of those in Japan where there was a, there was a, like a stage,、um, and it, it, I guess it felt a bit more like the the star back at home, but instead of you know people booing you, they're they're cheering at you because they're your friends. So it's, yeah. it's a lot more kind of give you a bit more confidence doing it in Japan, I think. 
Yeah, and it kind of reminds me because we were talking about in that recent episode, like different people you meet in Japan, and one of them we didn't talk about was like the ninja or something, English ninja, basically like this person who you would be talking to for a long time and you would know, but you'd have no idea they were like super fluent in English and all of a sudden they just started busting out like all this English and everything. Um, actually, that happens a lot like at bars, maybe when you're talking to girls or whatever, and and uh, all of a sudden realize one of them's like lived overseas for many, many years and... And uh, but she was just kind of keeping it quiet that she was completely fluent in in English. But anyways, karaoke is kind of like the same thing. Like you go to karaoke in Japan with like a group of people, uh, and some of them are Japanese. And also, like somebody will come up, like a girl usually, and then they just start singing. You're like, wow, this person kind of sounds like a professional singer or something. Yeah, yeah. They're like I mean, really good at the songs. Yeah, it's amazing. Like how many Japanese people are good at singing karaoke? I don't think I've met one Japanese person that couldn't sing. Um, I mean, they they were like, oh, always always like playing it down, like I can't sing, I can't sing. But you know, they could, they could sing really well. Whereas like back at home, you know, there's not many of my friends that can actually sing well. <laughs> but in Japan, it's like all of them can. Like seriously, it's crazy. Yeah, I wonder if that's because grow up from very young, like going to karaoke and stuff. I mean, they Practice. do have like the concours, like concerts and stuff in school. But I mean, we all went to music class. In the U.S. and everything, too, and nobody could sing as well, <laughs> yeah, right. like, on average, you know. I mean, they even have, like, TV shows where people, like, uh, are, like, average people, but they're singing karaoke songs, and, like, they have, like, people from the music industry, like, listening and judging them. Yeah, they have to, there's a competition, like, almost every weekend, I think, like a Saturday or Sunday, and usually it's, like, junior high school students or high school students having a karaoke competition, and those those kids are amazing at it, and they all you know they just look like yeah normal people, but they yeah can, uh, they can belt a song out yeah it's impressive yeah so definitely something people should do especially with Japanese uh, friends if possible is go to karaoke in Japan yeah and it's definitely more fun uh, after after a few drinks so usually kind of at the end of the uh, end of the night the last thing to do is go to karaoke and you can even get the the was it the all night plan which is like pretty cheap i think i think if you stay until like six in the morning or something or something it's like 2500 yen have you ever done that dirty. before uh i i've done a plan before with like a group of people but i didn't stay till six in the morning but my friends did so i would stay to maybe i don't know four maybe five but i couldn't stay to like the very end because if you don't stay to the end, then you got to pay per hour, right? But yeah. if you stay to the very end, then it's then it's that price. So you can't leave before then. Yeah, do you remember like English school parties and stuff? They would go to karaoke, like yeah, you know, after yeah. the restaurant, so it'd be like twenty people in a room yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I could never make it to to the end. You know, like well, I guess like it depends. Like if it was uh, sometimes it was, I guess kind of a work obligation that i had to had to be there and then i would stay almost to the end you know until i was like falling asleep or something hmm. Hmm. what about i mean something that's in usually the same buildings and stuff if you're going to enjoy karaoke is they have this uh well another thing that's recommended on here is to visit Purikura and take a photo with japanese peace sign post <laughs> Ben, how do you feel about Purikura? Was this something you would recommend for people visiting Japan they should do? I, I don't know. I think it might be worth doing one time. Like, I've done it once. Have you only done it once? Berg? I've only done it once. I've only done it once. And I 
and it was I don't know I couldn't say I enjoyed it but it was an experience that I'll I'll remember and I guess I can just tick it off my my bucket list of things I've done <laughs> only once you've been in Japan like what 12 13 years you've only done Purikura once yeah because I don't I don't really like it like it's just weird you know it's like you go in there Um, you do all these stupid poses and then you start editing yourself. So by the time you look at the picture, it's not even you anyway. So it's almost like, what's, what's the point? But girls love it for some reason. You know, they like to make their eyes look really big and their faces look really small. Um, you know, get rid of all their acne or whatever. <laughs> But, <laughs> I, guess, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. I like, you know, the natural, just a regular picture. I don't need all the, all this funny stuff. Well, so what are you saying? If like the Purikura booth didn't have all those like options afterwards to decorate the photo, that you would actually do it more often? Yeah, if it was just like a regular photo booth, you know, <laughs> just like a regular like yeah. those booths that they have like at the station where you can yeah. take like a photo yeah, exactly. for like driver's license. <laughs> right, that's that's right. what you like to do on a date. Yeah. Like, they, hey, they look should, at that they, photo booth. Yeah, they they should they should make those a thing instead, you know, and, and you know call it something else instead of a photo booth, and then people start using. Using them, maybe make them look real fancy and stuff, and then uh, and then couples will start using them more. Yeah, I think that's way better, more natural. I don't, I don't think you've got a future as a creative director for any kind of amusement <laughs> park or anything. Like, let's make this as normal as possible. This uh, roller coaster should just go around in circles or something. Um, I mean, I, I'm not like crazy about Purikura, but it's just so much part of the culture, and just to see how much people enjoy it. And so like, you enjoy I mean, it, you enjoy Purikura, or you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm you loved it, say, Bert, right? <laughs> no, I'm not going to say I ever like it. Show me your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like folders and like a whole <laughs> like, uh, shelf full of folders. No, I've had people come from the US and uh, especially girls and they seem to like have loved the experience. I mean, it kind of brings out the child in some people a little bit because you got like, you know, you've got to take like, five photos and like, you know, a limited amount of time. You know, like struggling to rush to the next pose and stuff. Um, <laughs> I guess that was fun. Like, yeah, uh, coming up with poses and jumping around and moving around. That that was quite fun, I guess. I it's, mean, the, I it's the editing part I didn't like. Yeah, that's a lot of work know. to do. But I did never get involved in that. Just kind of let whoever I was with like take all the do all the editing and marking and printing it out and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay. So well, I mean, I would kind of recommend it as the. Uh, I definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend for people to to do it once if they've never done it before, just to I mean, know what it's it, all about. Yeah, well, if you go into an arcade, like a game arcade or something, like they've got either a huge, like half a floor is particular booths uh, with different features and stuff, or like a place like Nordbasa, like they've got like almost. Oh, I guess they don't really, but some places have like a whole floor and stuff full of particular so. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people like it, I guess. Yeah. Well, a lot of those places, um, guys aren't allowed in, right? For some reason, like by themselves, like they're allowed to go in if they're with a female friend or their partner, but they can't go with just dudes into the whole room or into yeah, the booth? into like a in, into into like a puri kura area. I've never heard of this. Is this yeah. because they're worried about? Them trying to take pictures or something? Or what? Yeah, I think they're worried about perverts or something. But I don't know. What are they going to perv on? Perv on people taking pictures of each other. Yeah. I don't know. But there's always like signs like saying, you know, men 
not allowed if you're by yourself. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't know about that. Uh, <laughs> That's because I've been lurking you know, around yeah. the, the booze bar all the time yeah, on the weekends. A, I'm, I'm trying to change the subject here a little bit. I don't want to hear you. I don't want you to you know, do anything to incriminate yourself here too much. Um, yeah, so Parikula is one on there as well, too. Uh, how about bullet train, taking a trip on a bullet train? Have you ever done... I mean, you think it's something no, I haven't. I haven't done that, and that's you've never been on a bullet train before. No, because man, it's so expensive, right? That's like, true. Yeah, I mean, if, if so much as a flight. Yeah, if you're coming over from another country, because you can get like a the, the rail pass, and that includes the bullet train, the JR rail pass uh, that you can get, which I think is about like three hundred dollars um, unlimited. And that includes the bullet training. So if you can get that, then it's definitely worth it. But if if not, because usually what one ride is about, what, Neiman, one way, something like that. Yeah, and usually. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't afford that. Not my, uh, not my salary. Yeah, I guess most times I've actually needed to take them. It's just been for work, so I wasn't necessarily paying for it. But yeah, so I guess definitely if you're visiting as an outsider and you're, you know, on a... Is it, is it worth it? Is it as special as it sounds? I know it's like fast and everything, but what about like <laughs> what about like inside? Is it really like really comfortable and luxurious? Do you get like special treatment or some special services that they offer? Yeah, man, it's amazing. Like they have these women that come around and rub your shoulders down every twenty minutes and stuff, and uh, foot feeding you grapes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess like in that sense, it's nothing really too special except for it is moving fast. <laughs> <laughs> so even the seats aren't even that, you know, comfortable or? Well, they're definitely more comfortable than like your average JR train that you're taking to the airport or something. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess it is pretty spacious. I mean, I've never been like in the top class, uh, seats, I don't think. Um, I mean, I guess if you're like a technology buff and you're amazed by how smooth the ride is and stuff mm. and all that, then it might be <laughs> pretty uh, worth going out of your way to take a bullet train. I mean, actually, I mean, for the, it is good in the sense, like, for example, I had to take a uh, sometimes between when I was living in Miyake and, and like Osaka or to Nagoya. Actually, I'm not sure if they had one to Nagoya or not. But anyways... It's always kind of nicer to take the train. It's more scenic than flying. Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, I guess it's, I guess it? it's worth taking it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to like see the countryside and stuff, yeah, definitely. What is um, the bullet train is coming to Sapporo by when? 2035? Is it something like that? 2030. 2030. And it's yeah. going to be in Sapporo, right? Like Sapporo Station area. Yeah. Yeah. So that that might be worth taking if it goes like direct to Tokyo. Do you think that'd be worth getting? Like is it would it save time compared to flying? It's not gonna save time. It's probably gonna be at least like a six hour trip or something down to Tokyo. Or maybe a little bit less, a little bit more depending on how fast it goes, but isn't I mean you're not well yeah, you're not gonna I'm, save I'm, yeah, time. I'm putting like all in, you know, like round trip, including like, cause, you know, when you go to the when you get a flight you gotta go to the airport, um take a bus to the airport and then once you get into tokyo depending on which airport you get to if you get to is it uh narita which is like really far out of tokyo central right so overall maybe the ease of getting the bullet train might be worth the the extra cost i don't know 
It could be. I mean, I heard the airlines for a long time were the ones who were kind of preventing the bullet train coming all the way up to Sapporo because obviously it would cut into business for yeah, the flights. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and that airway from Tokyo to Sapporo is like the busiest airway in the world, apparently, by number mm. of flights. Um, but yeah, it's finally come up here. And I guess, yeah, it could be like a good uh, for sake of convenience. It might actually be easier to take the bullet train than, like you said, the whole process of flying and stuff. But really,、um, like most of the people that are going to be taking bullet trains are what, like salary men? Because the, the companies are probably going to be paying for their tickets,、um, you know, not themselves. So, probably not so many. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say like many tourists use bullet trains today because they're so pricey.、Uh, yeah, well, I, I think they do.、Uh, maybe mostly, like you said, because it's included as far as like the part of the rail pass. I don't know if businessmen will be using it、uh, a lot more often just because, I mean, I guess it will come down to how much time is actually saved or not. Because、mm, um, right. they can just fly and get picked up at the airport and stuff. Yeah. So, you, you recommend、uh, for people to take a trip on a bullet train if they visit Japan? I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, just because, as part of the trip that I usually recommend people who are visiting, say, like go to Tokyo for a couple、mm. days, go to Kyoto for a couple days. And、uh, that trip between Tokyo and Kyoto, I would say to take by the bullet train. How long is that trip? Like three hours by bullet train? Yeah, I think it's between two and three hours. Yeah, I remember when my mum and my sister came to visit and they took the bullet train because、uh, they had the JRL pass and I was stingy and didn't, didn't take it. So I took the bus and it took me 12 hours to, get, to, to meet up with them. I took the overnight bus. <laughs> How, terrible. Was How was that?、Uh, well, I just slept the whole time, but it was, you know, it was slow. It was comfortable enough, but thinking back on it, I wasted, you know, nine hours. It was like gone, and I could have could have been spending spending time with my family, but I was like, oh, I want to save some money. So, yeah, I think I, I should have taken the bullet train with them, even though it would have cost me a bit more a bit more money. But, you know, time, you can't, you can't,、uh, you can't get back time. Cannot get back time. How about things that、um, you have not done on this list, that, but that you would like to? Things that, oh,、um, things on this list that I haven't done that I would like to is definitely、uh, go to a sumo tournament. Yeah, that's one I was thinking of too. Yeah. So you, I thought you've been to one before. No,、uh-huh. never have.、Uh, would like to. I think, did.、Uh, When Alex was on talking about sumo, we had that whole episode about sumo.、Mm, yeah. Did he say he had been or he had not been? I think, I think he, said, he said he did when, it, when they came to Sapporo. Yeah, I don't remember、yeah. if it was like an actual main or actual tournament. tournament. Right, I think, I think it was more of a, an exhibition one rather than yeah, one of the scheduled events. Yeah, I think it's definitely something I would like to do. I have interest in sumo, but also it's just kind of one of those traditional, traditional things, sports in Japan that would definitely be、yeah. uh, worth seeing. Right. Even though the, the events are pretty long and, and can get a bit dry after <laughs> a few bouts, well, <laughs> you, you don't really know who you're supporting. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's probably like,、uh, I mean, I went to, I've been to a couple UFC events, and those are. Kind of same thing. So it's actually really long from the prelims 
the very first prelim preliminary fights until the main event and stuff. So it's almost kind of the same thing. You've got all the up and comers. Mm, right. They they go first and stuff, but yeah, by the so end, think, I'm sure it's nuts. Yeah, I think if if I went to a tournament, I wouldn't go from the beginning. I'd probably go from you know like the main event, maybe the last hour. I guess is the the best time to go. Yeah, that's what I would get, try get to shoot the best for. fights. Yeah, same same with uh, UFC event. Probably, probably probably just go for the the main event rather than the the prelims. But you yeah. you said you went to the prelims as well, like the the whole the whole uh, the whole thing, the whole shebang. Uh, well, we came in like during the prelims. I mean, it was just kind of like we got the, these tickets. We might as well go like watch for them. And plus, like it obviously, gets really busy. Uh, entrance and stuff, getting to your seats as the main event is getting started. So, mm. in that sense, it made sense to go a little bit earlier. And sometimes, like the best fights are in the early round too. Right, uh, right. So, yeah, it was definitely fun and interesting to do. I would say that, and then maybe the other thing on this list that would be worth doing that I have not had a chance to do is to uh, visit the uh, Hiroshima Peace Park. I've Peace been Memorial there Park and Museum. Have you been there? Yeah. Would you uh, recommend that? I would recommend that, yeah. I I would recommend just visiting Hiroshima in general, yeah, because that that town, or is it a town city? I city guess, um, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, so it, it feels quite like Sapporo actually, just like a smaller version. Um, yeah, and the Peace Memorial Park's really uh, really impressive. Uh, a lot of history there, and and then there's obviously the uh, what's the famous food um, okonomiyaki. Which is really famous around the area, and there's a Hiroshima-style okonomiyaki, which includes noodles in the in the dish, um, which I I prefer to to regular to the regular style actually. So yeah, I recommend uh, visiting Hiroshima for sure. You're actually a uh, okonomiyaki uh, actor. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right. You're on that program doing the voiceover for the guy who is opening his own okonomiyaki shop. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, that wasn't based in Hiroshima though, right? Because there was no no noodles involved um, in that one. Well, I think actually it's embarrassing to remember, but I think like that shop that he was opening was kind of in that area, or the other guy's shop. Mm. I can't remember his master's shop, original shop, might have been in that area. Yeah. The f- interesting thing I learned from that program though. Is they were explaining that okonomiyaki became popular after the war, or it might have even started then. I can't remember because they were saying like they needed like an easy uh, dish to be able to feed uh, everybody who was trying to rebuild the town and stuff. <clears throat> and uh, as everyone knows, who's had okonomiyaki, you kind of cook it on like a large uh, hot plate. What, what would you call it? Like a large yeah, a hot plate. Yeah, but they would. There was obviously all this sheet metal around in the city uh, after you know the bombing and everything, and so it was just really easy to cook okonomiyaki on this like sheet metal pieces of sheet metal that were around, and that's why it became like a popular food <clears throat> after oh, that right. period. Yeah. So you learned so, that from uh, from watching that your that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't. So, I don't. Yeah, I think I watched most of it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was fun to be a part of. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting that like I mean, everyone kind of does consider it a very simple dish, but there's actually so much that can go into making good quality okonomiyaki. Yeah, and, right. Especially like in in terms of the cabbage, how uh, how well to cook it and at the right temperature, and it's got to be like see through. 
Yeah, and the taste mm. and everything changes. And I mean, they were saying like even okonomiyaki restaurants, the head chefs will have like custom built um, yeah. cooking tables with different like hotness to different areas. And yeah, that's why yeah. they can cook different varieties and stuff. So it was interesting. Yeah. 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 So anyways, yeah, it was a kind of a list of things that people could do uh, as they come to visit Japan. Gave yeah, our opinions was, uh, about some of these. Yeah, I, th- I think we, we covered a lot. Was there any on that list that you uh, you don't recommend people to do? Don't recommend. Yeah. Well, uh, I, the, I don't recommend the pachinko. Yeah, that's, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Uh, these other things on here, I think I would recommend all of them. Sleeping at a ryokan, uh, visiting a fish market, participating in a festival. Yeah, I think these are all really good. Mm. Uh, skiing or snowboarding they had that Definitely. one yeah. yeah if you're in a hokkaido or the japanese alps conquer mount fuji probably speak japanese it's <laughs> always a good <laughs> that's that was number one on the list yeah, yeah. speak japanese eat japanese curry soba and udon yakiniku basically yeah. japanese food right <laughs> <laughs> exactly out of those four if you had to recommend one which one would you recommend of of the foods, curry, soba, udon, and yakiniku, especially in Sapporo. Oh, I would say yakiniku. Yeah, yeah, think? yeah. Just yeah, like for for a night out, it's a bit more fun because like you know you include alcohol with that. Usually, it's like all you can eat. You can uh, spend a lot of time. It's a bit more sociable. Whereas like Japanese curry, soba, and udon, they're kind of more like lunch. So once you eat it, fifteen minutes you're done. It's all right. That's that's it. It's not really an experience. Whereas yakiniku is more of a an event. It can be, I think. Yeah, and it's definitely a lot of fun. Just like you said, it's like an evening experience. Even supporter, though, I would also recommend not regular curry, but soup curry. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely famous in Sapporo. Yeah, that's why I thought that would be what you'd recommend, just because you've kind of have your uh, soup curry knowledge of. What's good and what's... Which one would you recommend in support of? What's the one that you like? Um, Sama. Sama Soup Curry. S-A-M-A. And there's a few branches. The main one is in um, Mariama, but quite close to the shrine, actually. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good place. So I recommend that for sure. Go for the chicken tatsuta with coconut soup. That's my go-to. Ooh, coconut soup. Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, so these are different things to recommend. I wanted to kind of squeeze out an episode here, even though there's a lot going on. can't believe I'm going to have a baby. Yeah, man. (laughs) A couple days, but uh, yeah, and uh, glad that uh, uh, you were able to get over your sickness and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. and hopefully next time we'll we'll speak, man, we can talk about your new kid. Yeah, hope so. (laughs) And your your five-day vacation with your daughter. Yeah, five-day single mother experience, single <laughs> yeah. father experience. It's going to be interesting, going to be fun, but uh, yeah, it'll be good. All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Take care, everyone. Peace. Bye. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Rusutsu Lodges, which are open all year round. They're located just five minutes away from the main Rusutsu Ski Resort Gondola, There are Japanese Western and apartment-style rooms with breakfast packages available. 
There's also Asento, which is a public bath, two convenience stores less than a minute walk away, ski room and tune-up tables, free pickup available from the bus stop, plenty of free parking, and with the ski and snowboard season coming up very, very soon, why not consider a nice stay at the Rusutsu Lodges as you enjoy Rusutsu, one of the best ski resorts in Japan.